Hello, hello, beautiful So Welcome to the Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibova, an alignment woman's coach who guides women to intuitively connect with their inner vision so they can experience personal and professional magnetism and become unapologetically abundant. My mission is to empower visionaries who are on the path to embody their fullest self-expression, to soulfully expand into a quantum leap in all dimensions of their lives. Each week, I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, purpose, and even bigger impact in this world. No more hiding, no more playing it small. It's time to step up and up-level your life now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. And I am super, super excited for this episode because I know that this episode and my today's guest is going to help you to really realign with your truth and come back to yourself and to really soothe the nervous system, to really look at how you can start healing the past traumas and become the best version of yourself. So, Will, I am so excited to have you here today and to listen and to learn from your wisdom. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here, Petya. Really appreciating this and very excited to dive in with you. Beautiful. So before we dive in, because I know it's going to be really, really deep because there is like, I've been like stacking your Instagram and your posts and your quotes and your captions are so like, perspective shifting and like solution offering it's so beautiful so before we go there because i know it's going to like go real quick and real deep i would love to start this episode with something that i feel like you will really appreciate and that's a short guided visual meditation are you open for that yes yeah of course beautiful let's do that so to start just relax in your chair gently close your eyes And really make sure that you're in a comfortable position, that you're feeling that you can relax fully your body and surrender to your chair or your sofa and start taking a deep, slow breaths. Nothing is forced. Everything is just flowing. Your body, it's relaxing. You're feeling your heart beating and your chest rising and falling. And you're feeling so much presence in this moment. And when you relax even a little bit deeper, I would love for you to visualize beautiful sunrise in Hawaii, you're walking on a beach and you are eating your favorite juicy, delicious fruit and you're feeling so alive. You're feeling so great in this moment, in your body. You're feeling so vibrant and energized and you're telling yourself, Man, I wish like everyone could feel this way. 
So as you're finishing that juicy piece of delicious sweet fruit, you're wiping your hands, you're rinsing them a little bit in a beautiful crystal blue ocean, and you're grabbing your journal that you brought with you, and you're sitting down on a beautiful white sand beach. And as you're sitting there, you're opening your journal and you write down the one thing that everyone needs to know so they can also live this delicious, juicy life. What would you write down, Will? What is the one thing that everyone wants to and needs to know so they can also live this delicious life? What do they need to know? Yeah, I just, uh, I got one single word and it actually, it, it connects a lot with what I want to dive into with you today, which is actually beautiful. And it's just the word trust mm. uh, and the word trust, trusting yourself to create that type of life. But so trusting the universe that it can fulfill that. And uh, trust has a lot to do with our nervous system, like the quality of trust. And when we feel trusting, we feel safe. So like that all comes together in just one word, the word trust. Mm. You know what's so fascinating, Will? Because right before I was jumping on interviewing you, I was being interviewed. And on that podcast, I said, it all comes down into trusting yourself. That's where it starts. And then trusting in a power bigger than yourself. So I just love the synchronicity. I love this alignment because I truly feel that like you said, like when we can trust, then we can relax. Right. And, um, I also love one of the quotes that you put on your, and, and I want to go back to the, the trust, but like for me, when I saw that quote, it deeply resonated with me, the alignment to who you truly are authentically regulates the nervous system. And for me, that's everything, you know, like I'm an alignment coach, you know, and I have a podcast unapologetically abundant because I truly believe that we get to learn to align with who we really are. And you cannot do that if you don't trust yourself, if you don't trust that who you are is enough. So, you know, we'll like many of us, including me, I don't know much about your past, please Feel free to enlighten us. But so many of my listeners, me included, many of my clients, we're coming from a past that we were hurt, that we were betrayed by our parents or grandparents or the people who were supposed to keep us safe and protected. So we build up the walls and we say, I trust no one. And I don't trust myself because if I would be good enough, if I would be lovable, if I would be worthy, I wouldn't be hurt and betray the trust from those around me. So where is that we can start to cultivate the trust in ourselves when we were hurt, when we were saying and seeing things that don't align with that safety and trust? Yeah, for me, it all comes down to the nervous system. That's the way I like to look at it first, because it offers us a very tangible sort of way to interact with where we where we don't trust. Mm. And we know that basically all of our survival states, uh, the dorsal vagus nervous system, which gets us to be numb, 
and to withdraw and to self-isolate and to feel shut down. And the sympathetic nervous system, which mobilizes energy, makes us feel anxious and stressed, that those two nervous systems like are our defensive strategies. And when we're operating from that, we're not fully trusting. We're trying to do something to feel more safe. And that, that makes sense, like in the short term. But if we're living like that all the time, then we are chronically not in trust. So I feel like the first thing to do is to notice what quality or aspect of your nervous system is implicated in you not trusting. So if you don't trust and then you over hustle, then that would be your sympathetic. But if you don't trust and then you hide away, then that would be your dorsal. So you got like hiding, you got hustling, you've got different ways that can express itself or feeling stuck or frozen. And then when you're able to notice what your nervous system is doing, just by developing a relationship to regulate your nervous system, to show up for yourself in a way with presence that you weren't in the past, then all of a sudden you can rewire for ventral, which offers itself naturally gratitude, naturally flow state, naturally trusting, naturally spontaneous, meaning that you express yourself and you don't you know, filter what you're saying, so you're trusting yourself. And that's just coming from addressing the underlying nervous system state, which was usually imprinted at a younger age in childhood and is chronically recycled by thinking the same things over and over again. Mm, That's what I would say. That is so powerful, you know, because I love that it's something that we can start with right now, right? Like if our, if we are not feeling that we're fully trusting who we are, then no areas of our life are going to be working because so often, you know, like women come to me and they're like, I want more clients. I want more money. I want more impact. I want more love, but they're not feeling safe enough to hold that space for it. They're not feeling safe enough to receive it. You know, so starting to like creating a relationship with your nervous system and instead of just like, you know, like I was always the the first one. Well, you know, I was like hustling and working hard and like on overdrive and oh my gosh, like my nervous system must have to divorce me because I was like, you know, like burnt adrenals. I was a fitness competitor, you know, two decades of eating disorder, depression, anxiety, attempt of suicide, like I never felt safe in my body, you know? So it's just like creating that space that you can check in and starting to suit it. And sometimes I feel like when we say like, let's start to take care of your nervous system, what will come up for us? Like the first thought will be the self-care. Okay, I will calm my nervous system. I will take a bath or I will put on the candle, or I will listen to some soothing music. How can we go even deeper than that? Because that's like, for me, that's like the easy way out. Let me take a bath. I'll just relax. Let me go for a, you know, like walk in a nature. I will relax. How can we go even deeper? Yeah, you brought up a good point. So we can do these physical things for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And like, let's say that you're very stressed and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go in the sauna. I'm going to breathe it out. But then let's say you get in the sauna and you're breathing, but while you're breathing, you're thinking over and over again about the same thing you're stressed about. 
for example, like let's say you just got out of a breakup and you're thinking about your partner and you're thinking about everything that went wrong and what you should have done. And, and even though you're physically there doing a breathing exercise, even though you're in the sauna, you're doing the stuff that's technically good for you, you're still in a survival state because you're chronically rethinking that narrative. So the way that I uh, try and help people to go deeper is first you tend to your nervous system, which is giving yourself things that help you to feel safe. So like the sauna and the breathing. Mm-hmm. But second, you unblend from the dysregulating narrative, which is the mindfulness component, which means that you're not going to chronically feed and fuel the nervous system state with these types of thoughts that are essentially just keeping the nervous system in this lack of safety. And that's the part I think is missing a lot of the time. You know, I've had friends who were really depressed and they went to yoga every single day. They ate super clean and they're like, it's not working. And that would make them even more anxious. Yeah. And the reason I think for most of those cases is because their body's doing all this stuff, but they're not unhinging in the one place where they're feeding the body with these stories and thoughts. And so I think both tending to your body as well as unblending from the narrative are are kind of equal in measure in terms of how they support the Mm -hmm. system. So yeah, what I would say is you tend to your nervous system so you can write down the top five to 10 things that you know help your body feel safe, but then also identifying like, what are these thoughts in this story, this narrative that's being created? And how are we able to create a mental space where we're not necessarily fully in that thought stream to the point that we're stuck and reliving that? Mm. That is really powerful. That's really powerful, you know, because like you said, sometimes we feel like I'm doing all the right things and I still don't feel right. Like, and, and then we go in our head, what's wrong with me, right? So I would love to hear a little bit more about the unblending part, right? Like, I really want to understand, like, how can I, because I know how to do the part one, right? How can I do the part two? Like what truly, like give us some examples, what the unblending would look like? Is there any exercise or anything that we can do to unblend those old stories or the thoughts that are going over and over in our mind? Yeah, maybe let's give us give us a hypothetical example so we can come up with a way that we would deal with this person dealing with this thing. So let's say, well, let's use the example we just did. So the breakup. Mm-hmm. So somebody is, they just went through a breakup, right? And they've been feeling very emotional for a few days. Um, but at this point, now they're looping on the thoughts. And, uh, and I've had friends and I've seen situations where people have been looping on a breakup thought and guilt for not just months, but literally years. And mm-hmm. that can happen. And so they're there and they're starting to do all the, all the things that they, that they should be, you know, for self-care that they think would help them. But then in their mind, they're rehearsing the narrative of like, but I should have said this. And like, I can't believe she did that. Or I can't believe he did that or whatever the the story is. And the first thing that I think is important to realize is that um, the nervous system is being affected by those thoughts. Mm. So what you'll realize is when you think in certain ways, your nervous system responds in certain ways. So if you can, if you can make the connection that when I'm thinking this way, my nervous system is dysregulating, you've already started to bridge a gap between the mental and the body. And you can see that, wow, when I'm thinking this way, I feel tension, contraction, and I don't want to hang out with my friends. I don't feel social, open, trusting, intimate, playful, flowing. I don't feel the flow state. So in a way, by thinking this, these types of thoughts, I'm supporting my system to further dysregulate. That realization, I think, is important because when you have that, then you're, you realize that there's, 
something you're doing, which is making your system go this way. Now, the second part is confusing because usually we feel justified in whatever we're thinking. That's mm -hmm. the main thing most of us will say is like, well, the reason I won't stop thinking about this is because she really did hurt me. And like, I have to figure this out. Mm. And what I tell people is that there's some things that aren't just meant to be figured out. It's actually meant to be felt through. It's actually meant to be um, gone into a place where you're not really thinking about it, but you're just when the time is right, letting go and allowing it to pass through. And so uh, the practice that I recommend for people when they're when they first recognize that the thinking is not necessarily doing them any good, it's mm. shutting down their flow, is then to practice what I call non-narrativizing, which is just another way to explain being present, being mindful. But I explain it in this way because I think it's helpful for people. Non-narrativizing is just basically not creating a mental story for maybe a period of 30 seconds, two minutes, however long. So that means you're in the sauna. You realize you're thinking about this person. You're like, wow, this is really not helping me. And you, you come to the place where you're like, I am going to not creating, create any meaning, any story around this, whether it was good that this happened, whether it was the bad that this happened. Um, whether this should have happened or shouldn't have happened and just put, I'm going to put that on pause. I'm not going to fight it, but put it on pause. And I'm just going to focus on breathing here. And what a lot of people notice is within 30 seconds, it's crazy when they feel more ventral, when they feel more flow state, it's almost immediate that they'll look back at the situation and be like, well, you know what? I do kind of see some, some good in it. And I feel a bit better about it now. But the thing is, we, it's for a lot of people, it's so hard to let go for even 30 seconds. You notice somebody had a really bad day and they're venting to you and you're like, hey, can we just take a deep breath? And you're like, they're like, okay. Ah, but you know what? I can't believe you said that still. They won't, they can't do it. Right. So we want to train ourselves to put that, those thoughts to the side for like 30 seconds, one minute, two minute show up and breathe in just that non-narrativization space where we're not creating a story. We're just being without meaning, without explanation. And then an opening can occur. And that opening allows us to access more flow, more self. And then from there, the rewiring starts to happen and it can happen in phases, right? Those thoughts will come back and you'll be like, okay, yes, you know, we're not fighting it. We're not being like, that's wrong. But essentially we're coming back to that place of like, I'm not going to create a story about this right now because I've realized when I do, it's unhealthy in my body. Mm. And so wow. ultimately the lever that I tell people to pull is that just realizing that thinking in certain ways is not healthy for you is so important mm. because a lot of us, we don't realize that we think in certain ways, but it's actually unhealthy for us. It's toxic in our body. It's contracting in our immune system. It's, it's causing all of these problems in subtle ways but to feel that and to be able to unblend and to create that space is, I think, mm. the key to uh, rewiring. I love that so much. I don't think I would be able to pronounce that word, the non-doing the stories. You see, yeah, non-doing the stories in your head. And no story. No stories. I love that. Thank you for making it easy for me. I think I would break my tongue, but I absolutely love that word. And I love it because we are putting so much meaning to everything. And for me, it's so sad and so shocking sometimes. Like when I have a new client who are just starting to working with me and they, I am so blessed that women trust me. 
And it's so beautiful because so very often they don't have anyone else to trust in their life. They're coming from like past traumas and it's challenging for them to trust anyone. So when they trust me and they start like using the Voxer, you know, I use Voxer to just communicate. It's like walkie talkie app back and forth and they start to use it and send me messages like how they're feeling, what's coming up, what's going on, you know, how can I support them? And I see how they're making meaning about everything that doesn't even have to do with them. Like how is their partner treating them? And I don't mean like they're mistreating them. They come home from work and they're tired and they're not so attentive as they were yesterday, you know, and we make a meaning like he doesn't love me anymore. He's seeing somebody else, you know, it's just so fascinating that our mind goes into like the worst case scenario to like keep us safe, right? Quote unquote. So somebody doesn't hurt us or kill us and things like that. Like that was useful in the past, not so useful right now. But I'm wondering, Will, you know, like many of my clients are coming from heavy past traumas, you know, whether it was physical, sexual abuse, or like really being like pushed to their limits. So how can we start like, healing those past traumas, would you again look at the same like two steps to heal those past traumas? Or is there something else to even help us recognize them? Because you know what I'm noticing? Often when women come to me, they don't remember, quote unquote, right? Like all of the details um, or they just like block it off. But then they're still feeling it. They're still holding it in their bodies, right? So how can they start to heal those past traumas so they can relax and soothe their nervous system into their present moment? Yeah, even if they don't remember, their nervous system does, and it will show you through the way you experience uh, your day-to-day life. So I think the first step is recognizing it because like you said, so many people will go out through life and they don't even know that they're operating from a survival or a traumatized state. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. They all serve a purpose. But if we don't know with it, then we, we don't know what's going on and we can't really rewire. So I help people to identify four major types of dysregulation. And then once they know the four, usually they identify with one as the, the one that they struggled with the most throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that one I relate with. And then from there, we can work on identifying the nervous systems that are implicated in that and then help them to become masterful and skillful with regulating those nervous systems or that specific system. And then when they have that down, uh, they basically learned how to reparent or show up for themselves in a way that maybe they couldn't when they were a five-year-old and their dad did something or their mom did something or they're abandoned. So the four are the dorsal vagus, which is the shutdown, collapse, withdrawal, like depression state where people self-isolate and they feel very numb emotionally. And usually their eyes look down and their facial affect is heavy or, or blunted. Um, and I think we've all been there at least once in our life, you know, whether someone passed or just something happened, right? And so that dorsal vagus can be an issue for people when it's chronically overactive. Uh, and then the next two I described as two types of freeze states. Uh, the first one I call a freeze, kind of like a paralysis freeze which is when the dorsal vagus is trying to get us to shut down, but our sympathetic nervous system is trying to mobilize energy. So it's like having one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake at the same time. So the person just feels very stuck Mm -hmm. and then they don't take action, but they feel uncomfortable 
in the fact that they're not taking action. They feel like they should do something, but they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call like should and like stuck mm-hmm. and this feeling of paralysis in the body. Um, I know for me, when I first started to film myself like videos, I would put, I would put on the record button and I would freeze. So I would get stuck in that same way. And, uh, and that's how I knew my nervous system was going through that issue. The next one, which is a type of functional freeze, which some people relate to, it's actually really common once I describe it to people is when they have a little bit more foot on the gas and a little bit less on the brake. So they're actually able to function in their everyday life. Um, their sympathetic is gearing them up to go do stuff, but their dorsal is sort of shutting down aspects of their authenticity, shutting down aspects of boundaries, shutting down, uh, their genuine desires. Those things are getting repressed Mm -hmm. to mobilize all this energy to do what they think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so then you end up with people pleasing and with living a life. That's what your parents wanted you to do or what your friends and society is telling you to do. And you don't feel fully good, even though you're making progress, you're functional. It doesn't really satisfy on a deep level, like wholesomely through the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is when we're just foots fully on the gas and we almost can't slow down. I can tell this when I teach a yoga class and we do final relaxation. If I notice people's fingers are twitching or their legs are shifting or they're looking at an Apple watch and they have so much energy, they can't turn off the gas and so that's the 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 final implication of uh of nervous system you know dysfunction when it's chronic is this foot on the gas fully thing so once you're able to identify which one of these four do you kind of deal with the most like from childhood where do you find yourself the most commonly in terms of dysregulation then you can start to work with okay so how can i support my system to move through that what would help me feel safe what would help me to feel trusting and what type of activities or people or places can support me at a physical level. And then what type of stories are going along with that? That's the mental part that we can unblend from. So like, let's say you had the sympathetics, that's the foot on the gas situation. You don't know how to slow down. What is the story saying? Well, if I slow down, like something bad is going to happen. And then you can start to work with, okay, can I create mental spaciousness around that story? Um, can I non-narrativize? Like just, just for a moment, the next time that comes in, we're like, I'm going to put that on pause and just breathe. And you, what a lot of people will notice as they put that on pause, they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better in my body when I'm not thinking that because it's almost a, a dysregulation trigger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of like in that process, identify, learn how to become skillful with, and then unblend from the story, um, those aspects are all helpful. But for some people, it's very, very extreme. So it was almost necessary to have a really good relationships and to have experiences which prove those narratives to be false. So disconfirming experiences mm-hmm. that can help them to go that, you know, that bit further where m- maybe they might feel stuck. I love it so much. Uh, no, I just like, I'm soaking it all in. You know, I'm like remembering to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's so good. Like I'm taking it all in. And and this is something like what you just said, you know, like the disproving experiences, because that's what I love telling my clients. Like 
look at the opposite, you know, because they're like, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And, and all these things. I'm like, is that really truth? Is that really unshakable fact truth? Can you like hold on to it? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, so what is the truth? Like, where is the, where is the other proof? Because when we're not feeling safe in our body, in our life, we're so much in our head. We're in our thoughts, we're in our stories, we're so caught up up here, we disconnect from our body. And so I always tell them, because like to try to come back to their bodies, it's a foreign from them and they're not feeling safe. So where I start, it's like, okay, let's give yourself an evidence. Evidence, it's mine, right? Like, let's give yourself an evidence that that's not true. So I love that you say it's this, this improving the experience. It's like, do you have somebody who loves you? Do you have somebody who supports you? Do you have a safe space to live? Are you in a good health? Like, what are the things that are good that are working where can you where can you just a little bit soften up and surrender right and when you like okay 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 my, my job is good or my my partnership is good or okay my health is good my dog is amazing right like my dog is good so <laughs> like we will find something that we can look at that will help us to relax and look at different perspective and different reality because whatever we will be looking at it's going to keep growing so if you stay in those old stories that's what you will getting the proof of right like you will be getting that that like evidence so ah well this is so good this is so good um and um I feel like I could be sitting here and learning with you for like hours and hours and hours. And this is just so amazing. But um, like to, to wrap this up for a person who is listening right now and they're like, I know something doesn't feel right, but I don't even feel like getting out of the bed. I don't feel like doing anything at all. They're maybe in that first phase that they're maybe, you know, slightly depressed or depressed. Where do you feel they can start when they don't feel like even getting out and like, even like living sometimes? Yes. Well, one thing I'll explain that I think is just useful in general. Uh, I, I coined a term for it, but I think, I think you'll understand this intuitively. I call it state, state dependent thinking. Basically what it means is depending on the state that you're in, you'll think in certain ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that depressed like state, you almost like clockwork, always be thinking hopeless and helpless thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's just how it works. Like your body is in this numb, heavy, lethargic state and your mind follows suit and, and percolates a story that's very just hopeless and helpless. Mm -hmm. But the reverse is also true. And I'll, I'll share what I've seen um, in myself as a sort of example of what that could look like. When we're operating from a high ventral vagus nervous system, which is our flow state, our safety, our trust, Mm -hmm. And when we're feeling the most open to connect with other people, then naturally people start to think grateful and appreciative thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's not even things they have to try. It's just mm -hmm. literally coming naturally when they're in that state. And so uh, I, the reason I'm sharing this is because I think it's just useful to have this understanding before you even do anything and get out of the mm -hmm. bed is just to know that if you're in another state, you'll be thinking and feeling completely differently. And even if you've been feeling this way for like months in one or two days or one or two hours or however long it might take, 
if you're in another state, you'll have completely different thoughts about yourself mm-hmm. and the world. And so I had this experience. I go to the same park every single day, no, pretty much every single day to do Qigong and yoga and exercise. And uh, one of the days I was feeling very dorsal and I just felt this heaviness, like moving my body felt heavy. I could feel other people like looking at me and I just felt self, very self-conscious. And it was hard for me to move and to take up space. I almost wanted to collapse and just lie down. Whereas um, when I had done various things and then I began to feel very ventral, I'm in the park, same park, same type of people all around. All of a sudden now I have my don't give a crap level is so high. I'm taking up all the space. I'm doing weird, weird, weird stuff. You know what I mean? Just breathing, moving, doing my thing. And I have no consciousness of what other people might be thinking. And I feel good. I feel incredible. And that's all just because I was in a different state. So my mind was perceiving the environment differently and not thinking certain types of thoughts. So for the dorsal vagus, this person who's depressed, the first thing that I really recommend is basically learn or inquire what helps you to feel safe, what helps you to feel like you can gently move a little bit of energy, gently stimulate your system. So very gently, like you're kind of waking up a baby or something like that. How can you gently stimulate that system so you can come up and feel a little bit more alert? And for some people, that's just subtle smells or gently moving your neck around. It doesn't have to be complex. It's literally you're just helping to wake up the nervous system out of this depressed state. But when you put all the foot on the gas, like I have to go do 10 yoga classes or else I'm going to be a piece of crap, then it's like you're trying to wake a baby up by shaking it. And of course, your whole system is not going to feel too good. So gently supporting, stimulating, gently supporting through movement and bringing that dorsal state up and out and taking it slow to bring that system more and more online to eventually to the point where you might be able to bring a little bit more invigorating movement, invigorating stimulation. And then sooner or later, whether days or, or hours, you should find yourself a little bit more ventral, a little bit more flowing, and then continue to tend to your nervous system as time passes so that you're, you know, not just doing it one time and forgetting about it, but, you know, being present with yourself throughout life. Wow. This is super, super, super valuable. And I absolutely love that you are using like analogies and examples because for me, it helps me visualize it, but also it's so much more relatable. And like you said, like sometimes we are like, my love sucks, my life sucks and I have to change everything. And I have to start working out every day and eating differently. And we overwhelm ourselves. We burn ourselves out and you kind of end up even lower than when you started. Right. So I absolutely love that, like starting gently with yourself, like what can you gently do to to move and to change your state you're in? Because from a different state, it will be completely different perspective. Wow. So, well, this is super helpful, super deep. I knew, I just knew it's going to be absolutely amazing. And uh, I connected with you and thankfully I found you on Instagram. Gotta love the social media uh, that brings these beautiful connections. And for those who want to learn more, who wants to work with you, who want to learn more about your upcoming retreats and everything, what is the best place to connect with you and, and talk with you? Instagram's the spot. Everything's there at will, W-I-L-L dot Darude, D-E-R-O-O-D-E. And uh, that's where I share more information on all this stuff. 
Um, but I would love to keep talking with you. I mean, if there was a way I could come on again, I would be super open to it. I don't know how things go sort of with your podcast schedule, but if your audience agrees, I'd, you know, feel free to reach out to Petya and request a number two, uh, because I feel like there's so much more we could get into and, uh, continue and expand on. And I think you will like what I get to share with you after the podcast. So, <laughs> okay, great. It is given. Love it. So, Will, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for all the work you're putting out there because it's literally saving lives. It's saving lives because there are people who are helpless, who are lifeless, who are depressed, who don't feel that there can be a better life for them. And when they learn from you and with you, they can really see the hope and they can see how they can shift and what they can do. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Petya. Appreciate it.